This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. You see Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 1250 AM, The Go check out the interviews I do on a weekly basis over there. Lots and lots of brewer discussion uh, going on with the different interviews I've been doing lately. Uh, so if you are a brewer fan, definitely want to check that out. Nathan Marzion, my guy, follow him on Twitter. Uh, Nathan Marzian and uh, lots to talk about concerning the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, we'll start off first with All-Star Weekend and one Mr. Damian Lillard. He wins the three-point contest. Uh, and then uh, in the All-Star uh, game, uh, he ends up uh, going 14-26, 11-23 from three, six assists, three boards, 39 points. He had 26 shots in 28 minutes. Welcome to the NBA All-Star game. Over 200 points scored in that bad boy uh, for the Eastern Conference after everybody and their mama was promising a more competitive game. Adam Silver was promising it. Larry Bird was promising it. Everybody was saying it was going to happen, and it was the worst one yet. Uh, so having said that, Lillard making half-court shots uncontested and people freaking out about that, thinking that was all that great. Uh, my question just is, will he be more Dame-like in the stretch run here uh, with 20 or 30 games to go? Is this something that maybe triggers him uh, or do we go back to watching the same Dame Lillard not shooting up to uh level like he has been the entire time as Milwaukee buck? I mean, you have to assume he's going to be better than he has been. Um, you know, there's still going to be bad games and bad stretches. Like that's going to happen with any player, any season, but you have to assume that, okay, like I'm guessing his worst, his worst days this year are kind of behind him, or at least they should start to be getting behind him. And he'll pick it up as the games go along. I mean, he's talked about this multiple times of, you know, as we get closer to the to the playoffs and what I really came here to do, you know, he he came here with the mindset of I want to win a championship. I want to compete for a title. I want to, you know, really the one thing I haven't proven yet is that I can be a, a winner and be a, on a championship team. Um, and so he's talked about, you know, once it gets closer to that time to prove that and, and when those games really, really do mean stuff, then you'll see the best Damian Lillard. You know, right now in November, December, January, February, as he's still transitioning and still, you know, going through all this stuff that he's going through, new coach and all that, new team, you know, and, and the game's just like, this isn't stuff that he feels right now he needs to prove a ton right now. You know, he's like, okay, I, I'm transitioning. We're going to try to make this thing work. We're going to try to get to a point where we feel good. But I think, I just think he isn't as, hasn't been as motivated and as locked in as he will become, you know, you know, down the stretch here in the last couple months in playoff time. So again, you have to assume that um, he'll get going and and look definitely closer to Dame, like the the usual Dame that we're used to. And I mean, this this weekend can only help. You know, I just think it's good to get him some confidence back. I know this stuff obviously in the grand scheme is very meaningless, 
but just to see like i also think it's just a good reminder for people that like this guy still is one of the best shooters in the in the world like i whether he's in a slump or not like it that that is still there that touch is still there that shooting capability is still there the ability to hit deep threes you know at any point hit half quarters at any point is still there um we have not seen it consistently this year but like that's not because he can't do it anymore that's not because he's washed that's not because he has no shooting touch um you know he again he is still one of the best shooters in the league regardless of what the percentages say so far this year and so i think for him to remind himself and for you know, this fan base to kind of be reminded of that, like this is still Damian Lillard. Um, and there is, you know, just, just having this in your mind of like, this guy is still there, you know? So when the, when the struggles are happening, you have some light at the end of the tunnel saying, Hey, it, that guy's there and it, he can still get to that point. And um, he can, you know, at any point, like, that's why I just, with this team, I'm like, I, 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 going into any single game, no matter how bad things have looked, no matter how, you know, bad they've looked in a playoff series. At any point, Dame can look like Dame and Giannis can look like Giannis and they can be anyone in the league, you know, and their potential is just so high that it gives me hope no matter what. So, again, just seeing the potential he has, seeing um, how well he can perform, you know, in the three-point contest and in this all-star game, just, again, kind of hopefully can remind some people that, like, okay, this this is Damian Lillard. We still have a top two to three shooter on the planet on our team. So um, I'm excited to see, you know, if it can kind of catapult him a little bit, get him some confidence, get him going after the all-star break. I don't know if it's going to start immediately, but I just, again, I'd have to assume that, you know, as we get into March and close to April, close to playoff time, that he really starts to pick it up a little bit and you can kind of sense that urgency more. I'll be honest. I'll confess something. I was mad watching him this weekend. I was getting mad. I was getting bitter. Like, where the F was this before this damn game? Like, where was this dude now showing out with all his guys? Where were you for the last 10 games since Doc took over? Where was this dude during that stretch? Because you're right. That is what he is supposed to look like on a basketball court. And he has not. And on stretches, he has. Sure. But he has not been that guy like everybody thought he was going to be, including me, during this run. And somebody brought up to me on Twitter, I think it was, which is, dude, how do we know this isn't going to turn out to be like Steve Blake or J.J. Redick or some of these other dudes that can shoot, gets to Milwaukee, goes ice cold, leaves Milwaukee, and all of a sudden they find the rhythm again, meaning the curse of the Bucks or whatever the case may be of, you know, no, no fault of his own. He gets here, all of a sudden goes ice cold, can't shoot ends up going somewhere else and all of a sudden finds his rhythm again. Cause that's exactly what happened with those two knuckleheads uh, that we were talking about. So I, I don't, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just being honest and saying I was frustrated and getting angry as he's showing off and winning three point MVP and hoisting the trophy back to back. And then he wins MVP uh, for uh, you know, the bucks as a starter, the whole deal. So now they got Giannis and MVP and Damon MVP for Milwaukee. So it's cool for the Bucks. It's cool for the city, Milwaukee, and all that fun stuff. Fine, I'm in. Uh, but just as a fan, it's frustrating watching that dude just ball out. And you're like, man, it'd be nice if you did that in like regular season games when we were in this this, this stretch here. But then, Nathan, I came to my senses. I reminded myself that none of this matters. That he simply has to be like this in the playoffs. That's all we ask. So even if we don't see this in the regular season, still let's not freak out. 
as long as he shows up and balls out in the postseason, all is good. But I think Nathan Marzian agrees with me that if he does not ball out in the postseason, this team's going home and it's over and we can all turn to Damian Lillard and go, hmm, might be on you. Regardless of how bad Doc does, if Damian Lillard doesn't play like Damian Lillard, they're in trouble. And I think everybody knows that. So whether that pressure is fair or not on him, that's kind of where we're at, I think. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, that's a good point of like, it can be, it's frustrating that we haven't seen it in the regular season and that we're now seeing it, you know, in the, in the all-star game a little bit. Like I get that a couple things. Number one, there's obviously less pressure in these games than there are in real games, you know, and it's just a different feel. It's a different everything. It's much easier to shoot lights out in a game like the all-star game where you're just jogging up and down the court you know, and you're just able to take kind of uncontested threes the whole game. Nobody's playing difficult defense. So I didn't look at that as like, where has this been all season type of thing? I was more just like, it's, it just, I mean, with all those guys that are out there, you just, you get to see what NBA players look like shooting the ball without pressure. You know, they're good enough when there is pressure, they're still hitting 40% when there is pressure. And then without they hit like 50, 60%. So I don't know. That to me is just like a natural thing. Like these guys are going to be able to do things in that all-star game shooting wise that you're not going to see much in, in games because it's just, there's the pressure is just off. Um, and yeah, the other thing is, as you said, like I'd much rather be frustrated, like, Oh, we're seeing this in the all-star game, but not in the regular season. Then I would, I, I'd be much more frustrated if it was, we saw this all regular season and then we don't see it in the playoffs. As again, we've seen with Drew holiday, as we've seen with several other role players where they play so well in the regular season, they shoot the ball really well in the regular season and they get to the playoffs. And it just plummets. And you're like, where did, you know, what happened? Why are you all of a sudden shooting 28% from three? Um, with Dame, I think there's a very good chance that it's the opposite. That, you know, he goes through the regular season, shoots 35 36% from three. We get to the playoffs and he's shooting 38 40% from three. Um, and again, we will take that 100 times out of 100 over the opposite. Um, and so I just, again, we, we spent so much time complaining about you know our regular season not translating over to the playoffs and you know being like well you know the regular season doesn't matter and I don't care how good we look in the regular season I just want we need guys that can play in the playoffs and it's like that's what they did this summer you know they got they they fired their regular season coach and they got rid of their regular season point guard to try to win a championship to try to get better when it matters to try to get over the hump in May and June and it's like I can deal with struggles now if it means that they'll work those things out and be better later. If Dame just plays well for two months, you know, at the end, nobody will have given one single F about how he looked in right now, how he looked in January, how he looked in November. Like it won't matter. Um, I mean, there's a reason that, you know, Pat Connaughton's a much bigger Bucks legend than Eric Bledsoe is because Pat Connaughton came through in the playoffs and Eric Bledsoe did not like it. We care about what these guys do for you in the playoffs. You know, we're not going to remember how they looked in the regular season as much. Um, that's not what makes you a legend. That's not what wins you a title. It's what happens when it matters. And so I'm not going to judge the, the, the Damian Lillard. I'm not going to freak out about it or have any huge, you know, sweeping opinions on it until we see how he looks when it matters. Cause that's again, ultimately what you brought him for was to be here when it matters, to be a score when it matters, to be, you know, draining threes when it matters. You didn't bring him here as frustrating as it is right now. You did not bring him here to win a bunch of games 
in January, February. Like that wasn't the goal. The goal when they got him wasn't, we're going to look so good all season. We're going to absolutely dominate everyone. It was, this can help us win a championship. And that's what you got to wait and see. That goal wasn't to get the coach fired either. Uh, okay, so uh, let's take a quick timeout. I come back on the other side, and I want to talk about NBA All-Star Weekend and changes that need to be made, maybe don't need to be made. I don't know really where Marzion stands uh, in this whole deal, so we'll get Nathan's thoughts on that. I'll give you my thoughts as well. That's up next. Green and Growing Podcast. Download it on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast at of course, check us out on the Odyssey Sports streaming YouTube page. We stream this bad boy live most of the time. If you miss anything, you can go check it out again on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, green and growing. Like, subscribe, follow, hit that notification button so you know when we're doing this thing live. And back after this. Back on green and growing, Steve Sparky, Fiverr, 1250 AM, The Fan. Check out the interviews over at 1250amthefan.com, along with our guy, Nathan Marzion. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzion. The question now becomes, would you make any changes to NBA All-Star Weekend? A lot of people not happy. A lot of people frustrated by what they saw. Uh, you can definitely put me in the category of, you know, thinking this is pretty much trash. Uh, the NBA All-Star Game. I, I you can't fix it. <clears throat> I'll be just be honest with you. I don't. I don't think it's fixable. And I'm going to use an example of Damian Lillard <clears throat> since we were just talking about him. When that in season tournament was going to be played, Damian Lillard was asked about, you know, does it mean anything? Does it really matter to you? And Damian Lillard was just honest, like financially, the money aspect means a lot to the guys on the end of this bench. That doesn't mean anything to me. Doesn't mean anything to Giannis. You know, we're making a ton of money, but to those guys in the bench, it means something. We're going to go play for those guys and try and get those guys paid. Okay, cool. I get it. Makes sense. Fine. NBA All Star Game. These dudes are all loaded for the most part. I mean, unless you're on like a rookie deal or something, you haven't been paid yet. But for the most part, these dudes have are all mostly on their second contracts or whatever the case may be, and got their big bag already. And it's done. So you're not going to give these guys, I don't think, a financial incentive. Even if you said, hey, man, tell you what. East Eastern Conference, if you guys win the All-Star game, it's a million dollars a player. West, if you guys win it, it's a million dollars a player. Now, that's a lot of money to come up with. But even if they did that, I still don't think they care because that's just not enough. So financially, you can't swing it to incentivize the All-Star players that are out there. So that's one thing that's not good. Uh, and then the other thing that you hear from these guys like Anthony Edwards is, dude, I'm not going all out and possibly getting myself hurt in this thing. Like, who cares? I'm just going to go out there and have fun, and I'm not going to put myself in risk of getting hurt, which was the fear, I think, of the NBA for the in-season tournament, that the same type of thing may have happened, uh, and thankfully it didn't. But for this thing here in the middle of the season, they're just they're just not going to do it. So you have one of two ways to go about this, either A, eliminate it, like the NFL did. Now, again, they went to flag football. I don't think anybody watched that. So that, that obviously didn't work. Uh, but I think it's a waste of time. I mean, I don't know what the TV ratings look like for the all-star game itself. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I thought it was ugly. Now, I'm the old guy in the room here. Marzian's the young guy. So you get the two different demographics here, of two different viewpoints, old and young, uh, of what we think of the all-star game. But Marzian's a basketball guy. So... 
we'll see. Go ahead, Nathan. What are your thoughts on the all-star game? I, I didn't hate it as much as I think a lot of people that I saw online hated it. Um, now it definitely wasn't like super entertaining or anything, but I still think like there's fun parts of it. Like I like just, again, watching players or watching NBA level players shoot the ball with no pressure is fun. Cause they just make everything. And it's like, you get to see guys really get hot. You get to see Dame launch those deep threes. Like that type of stuff makes it interesting. But, um, like I don't even mind having that for, for three quarters or whatever, but I just want to see at the end, it be a little bit more competitive. I want to see the scoring system somehow change to keep it more competitive. You know, they tried out that Elam ending, which seemed to work decently well um, for the last few years. And then they kind of went away from it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is because yeah, there's, there's always going to be this divide of like, you know, fans want a more competitive game. They want to see this, but there's really no incentive for the players to do that. Um, And I don't know, like I, the only, I mean, I could see trying to do like a, I think I've seen this idea floated around a couple of times is like, instead of doing a game, do like some type of one V one tournament or something like that. Um, And that way, I guess the players are a little bit more motivated because you kind of, you want to, beat guys 1v1, show you can beat guys 1v1, and it's a little bit more competitive that way, you wouldn't have the risk as much of injury because I guess it would be – you're not playing – I don't think you'd be playing as long. You know, you could do like a quick 1v1 first to four or five between two guys. Okay, winner moves on or or whatever and do some type of bracket that way. And I think it would be interesting for the fans because then, you know, you're just trying to get a, a sense of like, okay, if because there's always those debates of like, player A versus player B. Well, in a 1v1, this guy would win. And it's like to kind of see that in action of like an actual 1v1 where these guys are trying at least semi-hard to stop each other and to score on each other would be fun. And, you know, again, playing it in like a half-court setting is is a lot easier and less tiring, less chance of maybe injury than you would playing a full-court game for, you know, an intense full-court game. So something like that, like, I mean, I don't know. I just think you could try something like that out and if it doesn't work, well, this isn't working anyways. So it's not like it would, you know, you might as well try it out and just see if it does work. Um, because, yeah, I mean, again, I didn't completely hate this All-Star game, but I definitely wouldn't want to see this every single year. Um, you know, it, it it just does get old watching them, you know, just score a bunch of points, but the game is semi a blowout and it's kind of just like nobody cares. I'll give you, I'll give you a, a way how you fix it but it's a dramatic change to how the NBA schedule is. And I don't think there's any chance they would ever go for it, but the MLB all-star game was ruined by what the NBA does, but the NBA has always done this. So this is something that changed. MLB went to interleague play and ruined the all-star game. Um, And now they play every game, every team on the schedule MLB does, right? So the Cubs will play every team in the American league. The Bruce play every team in the American league. Um, And that ruins the all-star game. The all-star game was great, when you saw pitching and batting matchups against each other that you would never see unless they saw each other in World World Series. You would never see it otherwise, right? That's what made it cool to watch the All-Star game. NBA, you don't get that because everybody plays everybody all the time. So if you want to fix it, then make the East play the East and the West play the West during the season. And the only time they get to play each other player-wise would be in the NBA All-Star game. It'll be competitive then. Because then you're going to have these hotshot young superstars like Anthony Edwards or whatever else 
that never get to see how good they are against LeBron. Never get to see how good they are uh, against some of these guys uh, in the Western Conference uh, unless they were to play him in the playoffs. Now, again, I know what you're thinking. The East is garbage. Why in the world would you want to do that for? And look at how tough the West is. Well, again, that's not my issue as commissioner. Then they'll figure it out. You know, it's cyclical. Eventually, the East will be better and the West will fall apart. It is what it is. But then the NBA All-Star Game will mean something because then if KD's in the East and LeBron's in the West, which isn't the case, but if that was the case, now you'd only get to see these guys play each other unless it was the NBA Finals in an All-Star Game. Now there's now there's more intrigue to watching that. But again, that's a huge change. I don't know if the players union would go for it. I don't know if NBA owners would go for it or the commissioner. But that's the only way I can think of saving it to where these guys' competitive fire would get going because it would be the only time they could prove themselves against another superstar player that they would never be able to play, you know, unless they're switching conferences every other year in free agency or something. But otherwise, you're not, you're not going to see those matchups outside of the All-Star game. What say you, Nathan Marzian, to that? I just think, I I don't know. I think that any type of huge, huge change like that that affects kind of the whole season is too much for me because I'm like, I'm not willing to change up the whole season just to make one night more entertaining. Like, I right. just, yeah, I, I, I just haven't, like, I see that with, you know, they're saying, oh, give the NBA finals, give like, like they with the MLB, give home court. NBA finals to whoever wins the all-star game. And I'm like, I, I'm not willing to do that just to make this game more entertainment, entertaining. Like to me, I can live with, you know, okay. If this game just ends up being this every year where their guys aren't trying that much, like it, it's disappointing, but it's not the end of the world to me. It's not something that ruins the whole NBA product. It's not something that I'm, you know, lying awake at night going, Oh my God, why isn't the all-star game more entertaining? Like whatever, you know, it, it, it might just be a thing we have to just kind of accept as, okay, these guys, it's, it's, you know, just not going to be something that they try super hard at anymore. It's you still tune in to watch your guys. If they're in it, you still tune in to see who's going to win the MVP and see if anything, you know, guys go crazy and do anything, anything crazy, but um, it might just not be something that we ever look at as super competitive. And again, I'm okay with that because it's just one game. It's just one random middle of the season event that I never look at as, and, and again, maybe this is just, the way they've made me think about it, but I never look at the all-star game or think about the all-star game as something I'm like super looking forward to. And like, Oh my gosh, you know, like I just, it, to me, it's just like, okay, it's good for the recognition part of it. It's good to see your guys playing it. You know, I want to hope that Giannis or, or Dame can, you know, win an MVP in it. Um, I was very happy Dame did, but it's like, I didn't go into this going, Oh my God, I can't wait to watch this game. Like I kind of just accept it for what it is of like, it's a, you know, just a NBA players just, you know, playing at half speed against each other, the best players in the world. And that's what, what about, what about other events? Do you get excited to watch the dunk contest? Do you get excited to watch three point contests? You get excited to watch the skills competition. Does any of that excite you going into all-star weekend of, I want to see this for sure. I always like the three point contest. Um, I always, I mean, I always watch the dunk contest, but I know that it's 80% of the time going to be disappointing. And then the skills challenge is okay. Like, I, I don't mind it. Like, I still watch that stuff every year. I definitely look forward more to this All-Star Saturday night than I do for the All-Star game. Um, I don't know. That's just, it's more fun for me because I it's like, okay, who's going to win? And there's 
I don't know. I, I just like look forward more to like seeing the outcome of it than I, I don't really care what happens in the all-star game unless, unless, you know, again, Dame or Giannis is in the running for MVP. Then all of a sudden I start to care. But if they weren't, then I wouldn't care at all who, who wins those things or who wins that game. But like, no matter what, I kind of just want to see, okay, who wins the three point contest? Who, who wins the dunk contest? Does anything crazy happen in the dunk contest? Cause again, even, even when most of the time the dunk contest is disappointing, every five-ish years you get a dunk that's memorable you get a dunk that's like holy cow you know that was insane um or a performance that's like wow and so i tune in just for the possibility of that happening um so yeah i i wouldn't mind you're gonna think i'm probably goofy for this one i because they used to do this years ago like in the 70s maybe early 80s they used to have these star players playing like a game of horse or something kind of against each other uh, and you call it whatever you want. I don't care if you call it horse, if you call it NBA first one, you know, gets it NBA and a, they're out. And, and from that aspect, I think that would be fun to watch because then you could have like these players, like going up into the stands and taking shots, grabbing people from, from the stands or doing whatever different things that they want to do. Then you can really see the craziness of Steph Curry and Damian Lillard and how far away can they really hit shots and what kind of crazy uh, shots that they have. I think that might be more entertaining at this point than, say, the dunk competition uh, or the skills competition. And furthermore, if you announced, we're not doing the All-Star game, we're only having Saturday All-Star night, All-Star Saturday night, I don't think a lot of people would care, Nathan. I really don't. I think most of them be like, okay, yeah, sounds good. You know, still get to see the three-point contest or dunk contest if that's something that people want to watch and kind of go from there. The reason these dudes ain't participating in the dunk contest it's all ego driven. I think that's been explained by everybody now. Um, and then when you fall on your face, like Jalen Brown did now, nobody's certainly going to do it because then everybody's just making. Something else uh, or convince these dudes to go out there and try. Well, and I do think at the same time, like you mentioned, just scrapping the all-star game. It, it actually, part of me like thinks that actually almost might be, it's not a good idea because I don't want to just take away an event that people watch and that is, is, is fun and everything. But like, I think the players would love it. Cause it's like, you get to be an all-star and that's like, I still get my whole break. I can just go away. I don't have to play in this game. I don't have to go to the all-star weekend. I can just like be named an all-star and you still get that on your resume. You still get that, oh, you know, the recognition for it, but you don't have to play in the game. You don't have to be there. You don't have to do all that. Um, it almost would kind of like, I mean, guys, guys would really be like, I think into that, you know, just, just getting that break. But I know obviously from a, you know, fans perspective and from the league's perspective, they don't want that. They want to be some type of, you know, event, something that people watch, something that makes them some money. So um, I know that's not going to happen, but yeah, I do agree. If that did happen, um, I don't think many people would care at this point. Like, I don't think anyone is, again, I, I think most people think like I was saying where it's just like, okay, the all-star game's on, but I, it's not something I'm looking forward to as some big deal, some big event. Like I can't wait to watch the all-star game today. It's just like, okay, I'll watch it, but it's not a big deal. Right. And, and see, that's, that's the thing that the NBA has to figure out. And again, the NFL said the hell with it, even though it probably cost them money uh, getting rid of the Pro Bowl. They still moved on, and we'll see if they ever do that in the NBA. All right, take a quick time out. Come back. Other side, uh, changes that Nathan Marziano and myself think needs to be made for the Bucks 
if they're going to get on that championship type run going on here down the stretch run. They've got one of the most difficult schedules in the NBA the rest of the way. So it's not going to be easy. They don't have a cakewalk schedule by any stretch of the imagination. But Nathan's thoughts, my thoughts too. Follow him on Twitter, Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. It is green and growing. Download on your Odyssey app or download your favorite podcast app. We record Monday and Thursday nights. They're always posted Tuesday and Friday mornings. Tell a friend, tell a family member, like, subscribe, follow, uh, hit the notifications on YouTube, all that fun stuff. Back after this. AC Sparky, 5 for 1250 AM, The Fan. Check out all the interviews I do over at 1250amthefan.com. Nathan Marzion here as well. Follow him at Nathan Marzion. Follow me at Sparky Radio. What needs to change down the stretch run for the Bucks To start this, we're going to go off of Shaquille O'Neal uh, on TNT uh, during the All-Star game. They had Damian Lillard up on set with Barkley and all those guys. Uh, and the audio, I, I don't have the audio for the podcast. I'm sorry. So I'm just going to read the quote. I've been in the position you're in before, said Shaq. You and Giannis, talking to Dame Lillard, are being too nice. When it don't work out, three people are going to get blamed. Doc, you and Giannis. You and Giannis got to make sure the troops get it done. No reason with Doc being there. Y'all go three and seven. When you get back, grab people by the neck and say, this is what I need you to do. To that, Lillard just kind of nodded and said, yeah, I, I I agree or something like that. Uh, didn't fight back, didn't say he was wrong, whatever. Uh, do you agree with Shaq's sentiments that these two need to be more leaders uh, and take charge guys in that locker room, Nathan? I mean, yeah, of course it's something that, you know, I, I definitely partially agree with. I think that, um, I mean, I don't, I, I never like calling these guys like not leaders or bad leaders because it's like everyone leads in their own way, you know, Guys have different ways no, of being no, no, stop, no, no, hold on, no, hold on, no, hold on, hold on, no, hold on, no, hold on. No, let me talk, Michael let me talk, Red let me talk. It's a perfect example. Let me, let me talk, let me talk. Michael I, Red wasn't a leader. Michael Red played basketball and then would say, well, you know, I lead by example. No, dude, you don't lead by example. If you don't use your mouth, you're not leading. You're just playing. And these dudes that need to be grabbed by a, a jersey or whatever and told to figure it out, like Kobe, he fixed. Paul Gasol, when he was with the Lakers, he was soft as you know what when he got there, and Kobe straightened him out, and they won a championship because Kobe was in his face doing what he does. Now, we can give all the excuses we want to Giannis or to Dame Lillard and go, well, they're just not all that vocal. They want to be everybody's friend. Well, that's cool then. Then when everybody else around you is falling apart and you don't want to upset anybody and don't want to piss anybody off and say it like how it is, don't come back to me and go, well, you know, I led by example. I was just playing the best I could. I can't control those guys. Like, I don't want to hear it. As a fan, I do not want to hear it. Michael Jordan didn't lead by example. Kobe Bryant didn't lead by example. They led by their damn mouth. That's that's how they led. They demanded excellence, which is what they were trying to do. And Giannis, we've seen it, right? In that Phoenix Sun series in the finals. You remember, you've seen that video where he's like on the sidelines yelling and screaming at his guys to get going. Come on, let's go, let's go. And screaming at the bench, trying to get these guys going. I know that man can do what Shaq is saying. And I know Lillard, who said, Giannis, you may want to punch me at some point here uh, as we're playing together. I know he's obviously capable of it if he thinks he can get Giannis that mad at him. So just go do it now. I, I don't want to hear excuses about how we can't, we, we don't want to talk or whatever the case may be. Like, that just pisses me off. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. I'll shut up. But I, I understand. I get it. But not everyone has to do that to be successful is my point. I, I understand that 
they have that in them. Like I do agree. And I think that it needs to come out at times. And I think it does come out at times. Like we see those guys talk to each other. It's not like they never talk to each other. It's not like Giannis is never talking to the team. It's not like Giannis is never saying stuff to, to motivate the team. He came out and kind of called them out for their defense. He's called them out and himself included in that. Um, he's, he's, he's talked about this stuff. This hasn't just been like, Oh, everything's great. I, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, no, like they've, they've talked about, you know, what they need to be better at and blah, blah, blah. And, I do believe behind the scenes, those guys are good leaders, but I'm saying it doesn't always have to come out. Like just because we don't see them yelling at guys doesn't mean they're not leaders. Doesn't mean that like they, they, True. that just, it, that doesn't have to mean that. Now, if you want to say that you think the best way for them to lead is to, for them to yell more and to, to just be very vocal, like, okay, that's your opinion, but that doesn't have to mean that that's the truth. Like not everyone succeeds that way. The nuggets last year didn't have a super vocal, like they didn't have a super vocal team, vocal core that was, yelling at each other, you know, those type of Kobe, Michael Jordan type of personalities. They just had a really good team that fit together, that got along, that was good. And like they motivated each other at the right times, but they weren't out there yelling at each other and barking at each other and didn't have a, a leader that was like that. Jokic isn't like that. And that worked for them. But I mean, Nathan, it, Nathan, what? the championship year, Nathan, who, what did everybody say that team needed and what did they end up getting? They got the dog, the vocal leader, the guy with the big mouth, PJ Tucker, that kind of helped rally the troops and lead them where they had to go. And then after that, everybody said, well, now Giannis knows. Now he gets it. He knows how you have to be in order to win in these situations and these stretches and how you have to be kind of going down the stretch. That's why they got PJ Tucker was to show Giannis this is how it has to be done. So at this point now, he should know what has to be done, Nathan. Yeah, and I trust that when it matters that they will he will do that. And it doesn't have to mean we have to see it. He can do that behind the scenes. He can do that in practice. He can do that after games. He can do that like whenever. It doesn't have to mean we have to see it out on the court, him yelling at guys and him getting in guys' faces. Like that, if that's not how he wants to do it, that's okay. And that's if that's what he believes is best for this team, that's okay. Like I trust what Giannis and Dame, I trust their um judgment on this. I trust that they know what this team is gonna need. And when it matters, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not going to get mad at Giannis for not barking at guys and being super upset at guys in January, February. You know, I, I trust that if this thing, if they're in a playoff series and if this thing is, um, you know, when it gets really intense, I trust him and Dame are going to be good leaders and they're going to do the right things, whether that means yelling at guys, whether that means backing off guys, whatever, whatever it is that they believe needs to be done. I believe they'll make the right decisions there. I trust those guys as leaders. Again, I just want to say that just because we don't see it all the time doesn't mean it's not happening. Doesn't mean that, or doesn't mean that it's bad that that they're not doing that. I do. I, I agree with Shaq that you know I want to see them um, take control and kind of like you know both just be like this is our team. We're gonna put these guys in our back a little bit and we're gonna take over a little bit. Now, again, that doesn't have to mean we see them displaying that vocally. I just want to, I want to see them do it with their actions and then I'll trust that they're doing it somehow vocally behind the scenes or whenever I just, there can be, it can happen without you seeing it. I, I just don't think we have to see like, there's different ways of people expressing leadership and there's different ways of people, um, you know, getting the most out of their teammates. Some people, some guys do it and everyone sees it and ever, and it's just out in the open and they're off the cuff about it, which can work and is good. And some guys you know, I think Giannis is one of those guys that, you know, if you ask any of the teammates that, that he's played with, is he vocal at you? Does he challenge you? Does he, they'd be like, yeah, 
but you don't see him do that all the time because I just don't think he does it out in the open. I agree with you. I don't have to see it. I don't have to see it at all. But what does need to happen, like Shaq said, is these two got to demand them around them to raise their game. The problem is the guy Shaq was talking to is one of the bigger culprits of not raising his own game. So he also has to self-check himself and get himself back up to playing to his numbers because he's not playing to his own numbers right now. So that also has to come into play. But yes, I agree with you. You don't have to yell on the basketball court in front of me to prove that you're a leader. You can do it in a practice. You can do it in a plane. I don't care how you do it. But there's got to be a way to motivate these guys and get these guys to play at a better level. But, now, let's move past the quote well, and talk well, about I just, okay, go ahead. I, I just want to say, like, my problem, but my problem with that is like, like, yeah, you say, you know, I don't need him to do it out in the open. I just, I, I, as long as you're doing it somewhere. But the problem is, let's say they are doing, let's say they do that. Let's say Giannis and Dame in practice are challenging those guys, are vocal, are leaders, are really getting, getting those guys going and, and doing what people want them to do, which nobody sees. And then let's say they go on the court and they're not playing well. But then people go, they're not leaders. They're it, that, that like we just, because we're not, you know, because people aren't seeing it, they would just look at it and say, "Look at this, another bad defensive effort." Giannis and Dame aren't leaders; they're not—they're not challenging these guys. They got to get in their face. And it's like we don't know what they are or aren't doing on a regular basis. Like, like they could be doing that, and it's not working. That doesn't mean they're not doing it. That doesn't mean they're not leaders. That doesn't mean they're poor leaders. Like, I, it's just like I don't know. It's—I feel like unless they, you know, obviously winning cures all, results cure all, but. I just think if people, you know, I just don't think those guys are the type to to yell at people in the open a lot, which again, to me is fine. You said that it's fine as long as they're doing it somewhere, as long as they're doing it in practice or or in the locker room or something. But people aren't going to be fine with it and aren't going to be just okay with it if they're doing it in a locker room and then nobody sees that and they they play bad. Like everyone's going to still challenge them as bad leaders. And I I'm just, again, reminding you that like just because we don't see it, it can still be happening. The problem is, and it's only a problem if you have loose lips, but all you need is one player to have loose lips in that team but, and go running to Shaq or Barkley or somebody and saying, dude, these dudes are soft, man. They ain't challenging anybody. We got this going on, that going on. They're saying nothing. Now, I'm not saying somebody talked to Shaq and said something along those lines to Shaq, and that's why Shaq felt he had to say something to Lillard and Giannis, or if he just felt like, it's inexcusable to go, you know, three and seven in a 10 game stretch or what his deal was to initiate that whole thing that he went at Dame Lillard about. Um, but that would be my fear is if, you know, you do have a stretch and you can't get yourself out of it. Eventually people are going to start talking and that's when the whole thing's going to spiral out of control. Let's just hope we don't get to that point. Uh, okay. Let's talk about uh, other things on the floor, things outside of leadership. For me, it's simple as far as what needs to change down the stretch for the bucks. They must rebound the basketball better. They just do. I, you, you have to win your rebounding battle every night. You have to stop giving up so many damn second chance opportunities night in and night out, night in and night out. Those two things are my two biggest things that I'm looking at here for the stretch run out rebound your opponent and quit giving up so many damn second chance points. Do that. And you're going to win more than you lose and give yourself a chance. If you can't, out-rebound the team that you're playing on a consistent basis, then you are not going to go very far in the playoffs. Just not. And that's something the Bucks have always been good at is rebounding the basketball, and they have got to get back to doing that again, Nathan. Yeah, I mean, for me, first and foremost, obviously, Dame's got to get his shot going. Um, that's ultimately what's going to you know, be the difference in whether or not they get to their ceiling 
We know they're going to have a decent floor. We know they have the talent. Even when Dame's struggling, he's still putting up 25 a game, you know, like, but for them to get to their ceiling, it's not going to happen unless Dame starts playing more like Dame. So that's obviously number one. I think most people agree with that. Um, But yeah, the rebounding stuff, I think lately they've started to have more trouble defending the three. Um, It seems like teams are able to hit a lot on them again. So I want to see that get better. And I know some of that can just like some of that sometimes is just hot shooting. Um, But at the same time, you know, they were doing a, a pretty good job of not allowing a ton of threes and, you know, having one of the lower three point percentages allowed in the league for most of the season. Now, their defense still was bad because they were giving up a lot of easy looks, you know, and from floaters and from um, around the basket. But they were doing a better job defending the three. And all of a sudden, it's kind of flipped again. And, you know, now they're getting torched from three a little bit. So I want to see that improve. Um, and just the offensive flow in general, you got to, you know, once Doc took over, it's been a bumpy ride offensively. And some of that you can chalk up to they've been missing at least one of their core four guys and basically every single game Doc's been coaching. So it's hard to get your offense to look up to its potential when, you know, you just don't have all of your best offensive guys. So I think that'll get better as Chris comes back and as this team's healthy. And, you know, again, obviously just Dame shooting the ball a little bit better will help the offense. But, um, you know, I want to see them have a little bit more structure, continue to kind of, and Dane's been plenty involved. I'm not trying to sound like, you know, he hasn't been, but I like that even in the recent games where he hasn't played well, he does seem to look a little bit more comfortable with the shots he's taking. It seems like he's getting better looks. It seems like they're, you know, getting the ball quite a bit. He's getting his shots. He's getting, you know, he's running those pick and rolls and like he's, he's getting to his spots and it just looks more in rhythm. He looks more in the flow of the offense. And so, again, I, I like that. I want to see that continue. I think that'll help him get going and get um, back to his usual level when he's just in the flow of the offense more and it doesn't feel like, I don't know, I just felt like earlier in the season it was a lot more um, spot-up stuff, catch-and-shoot stuff. Like he's more, he's way more kind of not standing in the corner but just not doing as much. And it's like, I don't know, he can do that sometimes, but I don't want to see that as our as most of our offense. I want to see Dane with the ball in his hands more. Um, so I'm glad they've done that, but continue to do that. And just, you know, again, getting Chris back will help the offense with the, you know, three level scoring he provides and taking some pressure off of those two guys. And, um, you know, so there, there's plenty of stuff. I mean, you could go through a number of stuff we already did of, of things they can improve, but I just think that the defense has, has been better, which is a good sign under doc. And then, yeah, just clean up the, clean up the defensive rebounding, Dame get going a little bit and, you know, just a little bit more structure offensively and they'll be fine. One of the biggest things I'm looking forward to seeing, I got to tell you, how are they going to use Gallinari? That's what I want to see. How are you going to use Gallinari? Whose minutes is he taking? What position is he playing? Who's going to be on the floor with them? That, because again, they obviously sold Gallinari that he, they were going to play, right? this is one of Doc's guys like Pat Beverly. So obviously Gallinari thought he was going to be in, in line here to play some serious minutes in this rotation. If that's going to be the case, whose minutes is he taking? He's taking somebody's minutes. Uh, so for me, I, 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 I can't wait to see what this looks like uh, down the stretch. All right. We'll record again coming up on Thursday nights, getting ready for the uh, second half to start. It's not really second half. There's that many games left. Uh, the, the stretch run, we'll call it. 
coming up on Friday starts a stretch run. So we'll do our next show coming up on Thursday. We're trying to grade out what uh, this team looked like here in the first half. Expectations. The seeding matter now that this team isn't playing as well. Maybe it's now it's more of an important thing than maybe it was coming into the season. So we'll talk about seeding, how important that is coming up on Thursday night too. Enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Or enjoy the rest of your day, depending on when you're listening to it. Follow Nathan Marzian at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Download the Green and Growing Podcast on your Odyssey app. Or if you download your favorite podcast at, check us out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well. Enjoy your day.